Welcome to the recording of the service on the 27th of February 2022 at St. David's Uniting Church in Newtown, Geelong. This week's sermon is titled Intense and is based on Luke chapter 9, 28 to 43, the Transfiguration. If you want more information about St. David's, you can go to newtownuniting.org. The reading today comes from the Gospel according to Luke chapter 9, verses 28 to 43. The Transfiguration. Now about eight days after these sayings, Jesus took with him Peter and John and James and went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly they saw two men. Moses and Elijah talking to him. They appeared in glory and were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions were weighed down with sleep, but since they stayed awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Just as they were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here. Let us make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them, and they were terrified as they entered the cloud. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my son, my chosen, listen to him. When the voice had spoken, Jesus was found alone, and they kept silent, and in those days told no one any of the things they had seen. On the next day, when they had come down from the mountain, a great crowd met him. Just then, a man from the crowd shouted, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son. He is my only child. Suddenly, a spirit seizes him, and all at once he shrieks. It convulses him until he foams at the mouth. It mauls him and will scarcely leave him. I begged your depart disciples to cast it out, but they could not. Jesus answered, You faithless and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you and bear with you? Bring your son here. While he was coming, the demon dashed him to the ground in convulsions. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. And all were astounded at the greatness of God. This is the word of the Lord. I love the way that last hymn ended. Let's just have a quick listen back and see what that sounds like. Did anybody feel that? that? That note, it just kind of left us there going, what do we do now? It, it kind of creates a sense of anxiety and expectation. That, and it feels, it feels wrong, doesn't it? It feels like, well, come on, what's the next part? There needs to be, in some ways, we're all left sitting here thinking, well, it's, it's, the last hymn hasn't finished. We can't have the Bible reading. We can't have the sermon. We like things to be finished, 
to be complete, to be neat. But there's a part of me that also feels that I, I'm uplifted in that moment and that I want to I stay in that, that moment, but I can't. There's momentum. It's kind of like balanced and we feel like if we have to hold that position forever, we'll fall over. It's amazing how music can actually take us to that place and give us that sense. Today is Transfiguration Sunday. And there have been lots of Transfiguration Sundays. I've preached a Transfiguration service for the last 20 years. I don't think I've missed a Transfiguration Sunday. And what's uh, interesting for me, and I think I may have said this here before, the very first time I ever uh, preached a sermon um, as, as, a, as a, in an official capacity uh, in a church was on Transfiguration Sunday. So this is a very special day for me. It's a day of change, a day of transformation, of movement. When we have our services of communion, we talk about the way in which the bread and the wine become for us, the embodiment of the body and blood of Christ. In our lives every day, we move from one moment to the next, one season to the next, one place to the next. So change is not foreign to us, but change often leaves us feeling like the last note in that last hymn, kind of balanced and uncertain as to what will come next. It's very easy in this story of the transfiguration to say, oh, we know where the transfiguration is. It's that moment where Jesus is dazzling white and light radiates and the disciples are in awe and they have their great moment with God and God says, this is my son. But there are two transfigurations in our story today. Two individuals who undergo a significant shift in the way they experience themselves and the way the world experiences them. But we find ourselves like Peter, fixed on the comfortable, pleasant, enlightening transfiguration of Christ. You may have noticed I was having a, a bit of a bit of a pun on the front. Uh, today's sermon is entitled "Intense." Intense, because uh, the light was intense, and Peter said, "Let's build some tents." Peter makes this statement because he's saying this is a wonderful place, and he doesn't actually use the word tent. Tent is a bit of a a, a vulgarity that's been implied or, or loses something in the translation. The word that's used is the word tabernacle. Now, a tabernacle is not just any tent. A tabernacle is a tent in which the Spirit of God resides. The mobile temple of the Israelite people traveling through the wilderness was called the tabernacle. 
And even when the new temple was built, it was built in such a way with canvas and, and um, uh, tapestry so that the, the feelings of being inside a tent was still there, the mobile place of God. Peter is suggesting they build some tents because they've actually had an intense experience. Sorry, I didn't mean to use that again. They've had an, had a, had an experience of, of closeness with God, even though God seems far away. I'll recount again that, that time on the, on the river where, where four people sat to pray, but not all of them were in the same place, but they were connected and felt that they were together. At the moment, our minds might go to those we know in different parts of the world. When tragedy strikes, the distance between us can seem overwhelmingly far and yet so close. We transcend time and space with our thoughts and our prayers. We become aware that God is not limited by such things. In this story, that becomes even more acute when two figures from the past appear with Jesus. Moses, the bringer of the law, the one who stood on the mountain with God and came down with his own shining face. The people saw him as changed and were afraid of him. And Elijah, Elijah the prophet of prophets, who spoke about a new kingdom to come. Elijah, who didn't die, but actually took to the sky in a chariot of fire to be with God. Two great heroes of the Christian story, the Christian Judeo story. Jesus is standing with these in his moment of transfiguration. A significant moment where Jesus really moves from being a rabbi, a teacher, a friend, a traveling companion to being Emmanuel, God, with us. That's the first transfiguration. Isn't that wonderful and comforting and easy to look at? Let us build a tent and stay in that place. But the second half of the story, we have another transfiguration, one that's easy to miss, one that's uncomfortable to view, the story of the man who brings his boy to Jesus and says, my child is afflicted, afflicted with something that affects him physically, but also socially, that isolates him from the community in which he lives and causes him to make people afraid to be around him. We might suggest today that the boy had something like epilepsy or some other condition that might cause him to fit. And we have to be very, very careful when we're reading these stories to remember the cultural significance and context of the day. Unexplainable things had supernatural consequences. And so it's not surprising that the people assumed that the boy was possessed of a demon.
in this story, the boy is also transfigured. He is taken from a position of social isolation, of fear, of rejection, and is given back to his father. In those little words there, given back to his father, carry so much. For any of us who have had the experience of almost losing a child or a loved one, that sense of moment of peace when you discover that they are back to you is a moment of bliss. It's the kind of place I want to build a tent. These two transfigurations hold up for us a significant story and and they reveal to us as a light reveals shadows an important decision that we have to make in relation to our own faith and where we build our tents. It is really easy to build a tent here. This is our safest place. This is the place we naturally associate with the presence of God. And even though we try to think more broadly, we come here every Sunday morning for an encounter with God at 10 o'clock. Some weeks God shows up. Actually, all weeks God is here. But some weeks we might miss God in this place. But nevertheless, this is the place we have associated with the presence of God. And we come to this place. But God is present in so many other places. And the danger for us in only listening to the one transfiguration is the danger that Peter faced was to say that we needed to build a tent on the mountain because we could come back to this place because this is the place where we can experience God. But if that is true, then God is trapped here. God is encased here. God is limited to this space. And that's not something that I believe. And this story encourages us to recognize that staying on the mountain is not enough. That mission and ministry needs to be conducted down on the plains where the people are, where the needs are, where the hurts are. That as Christians we are called to be bearers of light, not just in the high comfortable places, but in the places of cost and hurt and despair. And that we must go to those places on purpose. That's scary, isn't it? We must be prepared to live out our baptism and follow in the footsteps of Christ in all places. Now, I'm going to tell you a story not to make myself look important because I'm boasting, as it says in Galatians, boasting in Christ, not in myself. But yesterday I had to go to the shops and I went into the shops and I bought all the things I needed to buy and I got back to the car and I remembered 
that the last time we went to put barbecue sauce on something, we had none. You ever done that? You get back to the car and you go, oh, damn, do I go in or do I get it next time? We just live without sauce. And I went, I'm going to go back and get the barbecue sauce. So I loaded my groceries into the car and I went back into the shops and I bought one bottle of barbecue sauce. And on my way out, I saw that there was a discussion, a conflict arising between a staff member of the shop and somebody who had been there. And there were accusations flying and anger and escalation was getting out of hand. And lots of people were kind of, you know what you, you do when that happens? You kind of go, oh, I'm going to go over here. I don't want to be a part of that. I thought to myself, adding an extra person is not going to help. So I'm not going to go over there. So I sat down on the bench just a little way away. And I said, God, bring a resolution to this conflict. Help these people, whatever it is, come to a, a place of reconciliation. And thank you for bringing me back here to buy sauce. And suddenly, the yelling calmed. And the people started to work out what was happening. The person who was feeling aggrieved by the person in the shop was actually able to demonstrate that they hadn't done anything wrong and produced a receipt and everything turned out okay. Then I got up and got in my car and left. Are we afraid to be quiet light bearers in the places of dispute? Are we all capable of stopping and praying when we see something like this? Is prayer our last resort? Or is it our first resort? These are all great questions for us as light bringers in a world with so much shadow. So this Transfiguration Sunday, don't just be caught by the spectacle of the brilliant radiant light of Christ transfigured and the powerful words of God endorsing. These are important. But remember the Father and his Son on the plains and the importance of being faithful in those places. Let us pray. Loving God, help us to bravely and with courage shine your light. In the smallest of ways, give us a willingness and a readiness to be a people of prayer. Help us to be ready to answer your call wherever you go. Make us alert and attuned to the opportunities to be bearers of light. in peaceful, reconciling, and humble ways. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this podcast produced by Newtown Uniting Church. The preacher today was Reverend Will Nicholas, and the Bible reader was Christine Redpath. 
Remember, you can find this and many other podcasts and information about our services at website newtownuniting.org or the Facebook page Newtown Uniting. See you again next week.